Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Hi, everybody at Liquid Church. I'm Rick Warren, pastor at Saddleback Church here in Southern California, your sister church on uh, the other coast. And I just wanted to say hello. I know you guys have been battered and beaten up by, by Sandy. Literally, you had a Liquid Church for a, a few weeks. But I wanted to encourage you, particularly you leaders and you volunteers, to not give up. I want you to know what a big difference you're making for Jesus Christ on the East Coast. In fact, we're hearing about it here on the West Coast. I've been seeing about some of what you've been doing, and it's been encouraging to be. And as I've heard news of your creativity and your outreaches, uh, it's making all its way to California. And uh, just like the church in Thessalonica says, the, the news of your faith has gone around the world. Well, we've been hearing about Liquid Church, and God is truly up to something special at Liquid. You've got an amazing future ahead of you. You've got a fantastic lead pastor and Pastor Tim Lucas. I love you, Tim. And the sacrifice, the service of all your volunteers, is inspiring. Now, I want to encourage you, as Liquid Church reaches people across all of New Jersey and then goes out around the world from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and around the world, we pray that together uh, we can make a difference. You know, we're more effective together than we are as individuals. I want you to know that we're rooting for you. So is our Saddleback Church family. We're praying for each of you. And, and, uh, and as we've sent some teams from Saddleback, our peace teams uh, uh, helping recover from Hurricane Sandy, we want to help you and help you help others. So thanks again. I just wanted to say hi, Pastor Tim and Team Liquid for your partnership in the gospel. We love you. Keep living on purpose. All right. Can we hear from Pastor Rick and our friends at Saddleback? Great to have you guys all the way from the West Coast. Uh, hey, welcome to Liquid. I'm Tim, one of the pastors here, and uh, just excited that you're with us this morning. Uh, Rick wanted to send special Christmas uh, greetings to you, and uh, this really has been a special season in our church's Life. If you're here for the first time, we just came off this, you know, massive Sandy outreach where about 2,000 uh, uh, volunteers serve families in need, giving, re you know, relief supplies, serving warm meals, etc. And then last weekend, we had the privilege of baptizing 81 people in New Brunswick. There's Pastor Kyler and Nutley. Let's hear it for both those campuses. Incredible. Nutley, New Brunswick, you guys rock. God's doing some incredible things. And you guys, don't forget that. We just need to remember this, guys. That is our entire purpose as a church, to see lives changed by Jesus Christ. And a lot of that has been happening all over the place. So whether you were Jesus' hands and feet serving at the outreach or you were handing a towel to somebody as they were coming out of the baptismal tub, thank you for serving and being committed to seeing the gospel go forward in New Jersey. Um, it's humbling to see God move uh, like this. And, and honestly, for Blue Christmas, we're like, let's give a special gift to everybody this morning. We want to give you an early Christmas present to celebrate. The liquid elf has been hard at work all week in the bakery. Did you know that? We have our own elf named Randy. He's the tallest elf in North America. He was, he was baking all week. So from our heart to yours, guys, can you pass out the free gifts that we have for people? Do we have the, here he comes. Give him a welcome to Ralph Randy. Wow. Wow, everybody gets stunned. Cut that. We just cut that. What is happening here? I thought it was Christmas. It's 
is Gangnam style. They're addicted. Hey, did you get one? Everybody should have one fortune cookie. Don't eat it yet. Don't eat it. We're giving everybody, this is literally a homemade fortune cookie. We have these specially made for you. You can take it out of the wrapper. All our campuses, go ahead and take it out of the wrapper, but don't break it open yet. Don't break it open, okay? This is a special fortune cookie, and here's the trick. I want to show you this. Watch mine, little demo, okay? When you break it open and pull out the fortune, there is a saying on each side. One is from the Bible, the other is not. And we're going to play a little game called Bible or Not right now, okay, <laughs> to test your knowledge. So go ahead, open it up. See if you can tell which one is from the Bible, which side is not. Okay, take a look at it. You can share it with the person next to you. Say, I think this one's the Bible. What does yours say? Okay, you know that one, JP? How about this? Does anybody have the one that says, to thine own self be true? Anybody have that one? Thumbs up, it's the Bible. Thumbs down, it's not. What do you think? Bible? Not. That is Shakespeare, people. Okay, that's Shakespeare. That ain't the Bible. How about this one? It's better to live alone in the desert than with a complaining wife. Bible or not? <laughs> that is an enthusiastic thumbs up from JP right there. Do not claim this as, that is the Bible. That's from Proverbs 21. Men, do not quote this to your wife. This is not a life verse for you, okay? How about this one? Money is the root of all evil. That's, that sounds, that's a Bible, right? Bible? No, why? What is, what's the real verse say? The love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, God works in mysterious ways. The Bible or Bono? That's a U2 song, okay? That's not the Bible. That's actually not in there. And then how about this one? If, if only you could be silent. That's the wisest thing you could do. That sounds like Yoda. What do you think? That's Bible or not? Bible? That's the Bible, Job 13. Sam, you should tell that to JP, right? You just kind of like pass that along there. All right, last one. How about this? God helps those who help themselves. Bible, not Oprah. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the Bible. That is not actually, that's, that is Oprah. But here, here's a How did you do? Think about this. If you haven't figured out by the now, it's easy to tell. The longer one is from the Bible. The shorter one is not, okay? That's how, you, that's how you know. But this is actually kind of revealing, and I'm, I'm not surprised um, as church leaders when it comes to biblical literacy, people's actually, fam not just familiarity, but their, their knowledge of God's word, the numbers are actually very, very sobering, especially for the next generation. Um, according to the Barna Research Group, each, think about this, 700 people give up reading the Bible each day, every single day. Imagine if that was your business, okay? That people gave up, you know, 700 people every day say, I'm never going near their product again, or I'm never using their consulting service, I'm never investing. 700 people every single day give up reading the Bible. And, and the thing is, it's not for lack of Bibles, okay? How many of you have a bunch of Bibles in your house? This is, look, yeah, the average American household has almost four and a half Bibles. These are literally from the first floor of my house. I just gathered these this morning. Let me, you know, here's a few. You know why you have so many Bibles? Because you can never throw one out. It's like impossible to throw a Bible away, right? Because you're like, I'm going to get struck dead if I throw a Bible away. I actually did that one time. There was, a, there was a ratty Bible, like, you know, the kids tore it up, pages ripped, the dog chewed it. I put it in the garbage, you know, at night. I'm like, we retire that one. The next morning, it's on my nightstand. And I'm like, it's the Holy Spirit. Because I was like, no, I did that. You can't throw that away, man. It's like impossible to actually do. 
So we have a lot of Bibles, and Americans want to read them, but they don't read them. And, and why is that? There's a lot of reasons, right? The language is difficult in some sections. You may not understand the, the context or the background. Four out of five people say they actually want to read it, but they don't get enough help understanding the Bible. They don't know how to apply it, or you just lack the time. But I think the number one reason that, that people, the, the next generation is kind of failing in Bible engagement, the number one reason is this, the fortune cookie. Because we all read the Bible in fragments, little bits and pieces, a verse or chapter here or there, but we never read the whole story. So tell me you don't treat the Bible at times like a fortune cookie. You crack it open <laughs> and you pull out a verse and hope I'm going to get a nugget of wisdom for today that's going to apply to my life. Let's see, Exodus 34. Don't cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Thank you, Jesus. I'll, I'll remember that at lunch today. You have a word. For, it's weird, right? Because at times you open stuff up and it doesn't make sense and, and you want it to apply to your life. But the second big issue is that we read the Bible in isolation. In other words, we don't read in community. We call it our quiet time. Bible reading is something you do in private, which again, that's a fairly modern phenomenon. Check this out. For thousands and thousands of years, people read the scriptures in community. So that, not alone, so that you could actually read it, you wrestle with it, we dialogue, what does this mean, what, what, how does this affect my life? Just the way adults, most adults learn, which is through sharpened conversation. But that's happening less and less. And as a result, this kind of wave of biblical illiteracy is clearly on the rise. In fact, each generation, it's less and less from the boomers to Gen X, that's me, to the, the millennials. Bible reading has been on this precipitous decline, and now 700 people give up reading God's word every single day, according to Barna. And um, I'll be honest, as a, as a pastor, that's disheartening. But as a parent, it makes me very nervous for, for my kids. Because this is, while it's a, a modern phenomenon in one sense, it's actually not a new trend. In fact, in the Old Testament, there was one generation, it's in Judges, in particular, a generation that just dropped the ball. Judges 2.10 says, after that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up, who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. In other words, there was this one generation that had grown up saturated in the word of God. They were immersed in scripture because God's word is his primary tool for us getting to know him. I don't mean just like memorizing the Bible or knowing a few you know, pithy verses, but actually God's speaking to me, revealing his character. And that generation, they tried to hand it to the next one, but they dropped the ball. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had actually done for the people. And it's a very sad thing when one generation fails to hand off biblically a model of engagement that captures not just the minds, but the hearts of the next generation. Well, here's the deal, guys. Um, we've been praying about it this fall. And this Christmas, as a church, our leadership team said, hey, what can we do in the new year, in 2013, to actually reverse that trend in our church? And I'm excited to let you know that in the new year, Liquid is embarking on a church-wide campaign to change the way we all engage scripture. And what we're, we're attempting is pretty audacious. As one church, we are going to challenge 3,000 people to read the entire New Testament together in 40 days. Instead, yeah, <laughs> yeah so they're like, what the? You're like eating a cookie. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Instead of reading in little fragments, we're going to actually look at the whole counsel of God, the New Testament actually, and read the entire panoramic story of the gospel. And we're going to experience God's word in community. We're going to discuss it in life groups during the week. And then when we get together here on Sunday, we're calling it the 40-day Bible diet, okay? Because we're going to trade in kind of our, our fortune cookie uh, for a more robust filling meal of God's word. And in fact, the Bible itself is going to go on a diet. 
we are going to ask you to put away all your old Bibles, okay, which kind of look like an encyclopedia, right? That's, like, that's one of the things I think the Bible intimidates people. They see this and they're like, where do I even start, man? I, I, this is like, you have a graphic novel version of this? Um, be, and here's the reason. The Bible was never this size. See, over the centuries, people started adding stuff to it. They added chapters and verse numbers and study guides and maps and illustrated. And, and now I have the pink ninja Bible for teenage girls. You know, it's like all these different things. And we said, well, what if the Bible went on a diet and we actually just read the words the way that people read them a thousand years ago? And, and, and put simply, we are having 3,000 or more Bibles custom designed for this church. It's a different kind of Bible, still the NIV, but there are no chapter numbers. There are no verses. There's no red letters. And we're going to read it together in eight weeks, 40 days in community. Here's how it works. Your heart, it's roughly 18 inches from your brain. Not very far, right? So why is it so hard to not just read the Bible, but to really absorb it, deep down where it counts? Why do we have trouble getting it in a way that transforms our life? There are probably a lot of reasons, but here's a good one. Back around 200 BC, a Greek translation of the Bible split whole books into smaller sections so each could fit on a single scroll. The order of the books changed over time, sometimes simply from longest to shortest. In the 13th century, the books were divided into chapters, and in the 1500s, Bible verse numbers were added. To make it easier to fit on pages, the text was split into two columns. Notes and commentary were added over time. Section headings, too and red letters gain popularity along the way. So what does it all add up to? Our modern Bible, weighed down by a lot of well-intentioned accessories. But does it feel more like a reference book than a love letter? Does it read more like Bible nuggets than the story of God? So we asked, what if we could turn back the pages of time to set the Bible free from history's many editions? Would God's word flow more freely from head to heart? We started by putting the books in a better historical order. Books that had been split, we put back together. We took away the chapter breaks, the verse numbering, the notes, the commentaries, even the red letters. We put it all back into one column, like the original. And we named it, The Books of the Bible. A Bible so innovative, it was there from the start. Then we kept thinking. People usually read the Bible alone, in isolation. But what if we could go deeper together? experiencing God's Word in community. So we design an eight-week reading plan, and we're inviting you to meet once a week in community to talk about your questions and discoveries. In just eight weeks, you will have read the entire New Testament like you've never seen before. We call this eight-week plan the Community Bible Experience. All the better to move God's truth from your brain to where it really counts. The Books of the Bible and the Community Bible Experience, coming soon to a heart near you. In the opening of the New Testament, Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but on what? On every word that comes from the mouth of God. And in January, we're going to change our diet a bit as a church, okay? to create a hunger for God's word and to engage every generation with the Bible. We're purchasing these custom-designed ones for every man, woman, and child who says, I'm going to commit to reading this 
for 40 days. It's actually Monday through Friday. You get the weekend off. And every day, you will read an average of 12 pages a day. It takes about 30 minutes to complete, and we're asking you to give up one television show. So that's the diet. You're giving up your junk food to actually feast on God's word instead. Now, this is not a low-carb diet. You're going to have to eat your daily bread every morning. We're going to send out a daily devotional written by our pastors so that we're all kind of chewing on one theme together. And catch this, we are providing children's versions so that entire families can participate. We'll have audio and MP3 versions so that you can use that if you have like a long commute and you want to listen to it while commuting or working out or cleaning the house, whatever it is. The idea is we're doing this as a community. And we want everybody to be part of a life group for this where you will come together once a week for those 40 days to discuss what you're chewing over. Think of this a little bit more like a book club than a Bible study, okay? Because the questions that we're going to be answering are more like, hey, what did you notice? What jumped out at you this week? What, what questions do you have? What's, what's puzzling or weird? What, what's God saying to you? What have you learned about loving God and others? And we're going to, those basic questions, we're going to sharpen one another. And then on Sundays, I'm going to touch on some of the themes that we've been chewing on during the week. Does that sound good? Is that a thumbs up from you? Okay, I won't ask you to raise your hand for this, okay? But, but if I said, how many of you have never read through the entire Bible, okay? But you've wanted to. I'm guessing it would be a lot. I'd even say, how many of you have never read the entire New Testament, all right? No more embarrassment. No more good intentions. We're going to do this thing together as a community, the entire church in the new year together. Our BHAG as a church, big, hairy, audacious goal, BHAG, <laughs> is to get 3,000 people reading together over 40 days and really rekindle a new passion and an appetite for God's word in the next generation. My guess is you may even have coworkers or neighbors who are like, I've always wanted to read through the Bible. Invite them. This is like a perfect opportunity. So the whole idea here, guys, is no more fortune cookies, no more bits and fragments. We're going to read big, and this is important. In Acts chapter 20, um, the Apostle Paul, he was, um, he was actually the pastor for a time at church in Ephesus. He spent two years there teaching them the Bible. They suffered persecution together. They had a long road together. And just before he left, Pastor Paul spoke these words to his church. He said, I have not shunned to declare to you the what? The whole counsel of God. In other words, Paul said, as your pastor, I, notice I haven't given you little bits and pieces. I'm not just giving you fragments. I'm giving you the whole counsel of God. In other words, I want you to be nourished by the panoramic story of God's word. And guys, that's what I want for you as your pastor. Here on Sundays, I feel like the luckiest man in the world that I get to stand up here and teach you from God's word. I love preaching. Last week, I loved sharing with you that, that, that story out of the Old Testament from Mephibosheth. And we get to see God's heart. You may feel touched by that. And it impacts you. And you're like, man, God was speaking directly to me. That is awesome. But understand something. On Sundays, I'm only able to give you a little piece. You only get a little bit, a highlight. And that's great. I want to I feed you on Sunday. I want you to go out of here feeling filled. That's awesome. But I don't want you to starve. Monday through Friday. Think about this. Your physical body. None of us would just eat one meal for the entire week, right? you got to eat daily. That's why it's called daily bread. And this is one of God's greatest gifts to you. I wanted you to know about it at Christmas time because I want you to think back over this past year, right? It's almost the new year. I was thinking back, you know, over 2012, and I was like, what are the spiritual highlights for me where I felt like, man, God, you worked powerfully in my life. And honestly, as I was thinking about this week, probably the biggest spiritual moment in my life this year had nothing to do with liquid. Um, some of you know, um, my dad, you know, he's been through, he's been through uh, five chemo treatments this year, uh, by the way. He, it's incredible. He, uh, he's had lymphoma for 12 years. And this year, he had to go through five 
chemo treatments. First off, thank you for praying for him. I know many of you, you ask me every week, how's your dad doing? I'm praying for him. That just means the world. Thank, it means the world to my dad. My mom's like, I can feel the prayers of your church. And it's just, it's powerful. And he's getting his strength back. That's the cool thing. He's, he's, he's starting to you know, be able to walk out of his wheelchair. But he's 72 years old, and we know this will eventually take his life, okay? That's, as a family, we understand that's where this is going. This is not operable. This is not curable. I understand with God all things are possible. But this past year, I started praying. I said, God, help me in a new way because I love my dad, love my mom. And I'm like, God, I, how can I honor? You say, honor your father and mother. God, how can I honor my, my dad with whatever time he has left, whether it's months or years? And um, you may remember this. I shared this with you. I had spent some extended time just kind of praying and, and reading through the scriptures. And I felt like God saying, Tim, listen, listen to me. I want you to honor your dad by taking care of your mother. I was like, what? No, it's my dad's the one, you know, with the cancer. And those of you who are involved in long-term caregiving know sometimes, honestly, it's almost harder for the spouse, the emotional output that is required for that. And so I got quiet about it and just reading through scripture. I was like, God, I don't know if that's my mind feeling guilty or something or, you know, what is that? And God actually led me specifically to a passage in John, John, the gospel of John chapter 19. Had nothing to do with what we're talking about. And it's a passage where Jesus is on the cross and he's about to commit his soul to the, his father in heaven and die for the sins of humanity. But before he does that, he looks down at his mother at the foot of the cross. And then he looks at John, his disciple, his closest follower. And he said, son, John, here is your mother. And just says, and from that moment on, the disciple took her into his home as his own. And it was like one of those moments where like suddenly it's the word and the word becomes alive and it leaps off the page. And God's saying, before Christ died, one of the last things on his mind was taking care of his mom. And Tim, I want you to honor your father and how much you love him by taking care of your mother. And it was a powerful moment for me personally because it was like God was speaking to me and, you know, it's been difficult. I haven't known what to do. And it was, a, you know, it was a word from God, like a, a word like, that's for me. There's a word in the scriptures. It's called a rima, R-H-E-M-A, a rima, a word, a personal revelation where you're reading. And then God speaks directly to you with laser-sharp precision. And that was a moment for me. And I remember reading that and praying through it, and it touched me. And I was fortunate enough to actually share that with my parents the next week. And that was such a special thing for my family. It was such an amazing thing to be able to let my no dad, my dad, while he's living, that I'm going to be here to care for his wife, my mom. And I got to share that. That was a gift. That was a gift. It was powerful. <laughs> Still powerful. It is deeply personal. But it's a moment where Jesus Christ spoke to me out of his word into the soul of my problem. And guys, I want you to hear this. It had nothing to do with my preparation for Sunday. I have an entire life with God that exists outside of liquid, what we talk about on weekends. But, I, but I, if I relied solely on what just God was saying for the Sunday sermon, guys, I would have missed that gift that God had for me. I wouldn't have had one of the most precious gifts I could give to my family this year. And honestly, guys, that's what I want for you. That's what I want for you in the new year. I want you to hear from your heavenly father. I want you to learn to feed yourself. 
I want you to have those moments where you're reading God's word and he speaks, his voice speaks, because there, I believe there are specific things he wants to tell you as his child personally that may have nothing to do with what we're talking about on weekends. It's just for you. But listen to me. That will only happen if daily you are engaging the Bible day by day, feeding on the whole counsel of God. There are things in scripture that we'll simply never get to on Sundays because we lack the time. So in 2013, we're going to engage the whole counsel of the New Testament, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ, because I believe Jesus still speaks. Amen? And guys, this morning, I want to challenge you to be a part of this. I want to challenge you to be a part of this. I shared this vision with our life group leaders, some of our core families a, a week ago, and um, they're just incredible. By the way, if you're a life group leader, can we hear it for our life group leaders? You guys, I thank God for you. You're amazing people, amazing people. Thank you for your leadership. You are making a difference in lives. Colleen and I met with our group on, uh, on Tuesday, and we were, just, we were just like celebrating all that God did in our group, group life over the past year. And as a group leader, it means you're on the front lines of ministry. You know this. Week in, week out, you're, you're spiritually caring for people. You're, you're, you're engaging them with God's truth, and you know how challenging that can be. But in 2013, you're not going to be alone. For eight weeks together, we're asking every life group to take up this challenge of reading through the New Testament in 40 days. Beginning in January, it'll actually run up through Easter, which is in March this year. And I want to challenge some of you to get involved, to actually get off the bench and get involved this morning. We need new groups. We need new leaders. At least that's what Elf Randy told me. Can you hear it forever, Elf? Come on out here, Randy. This is uh, the tallest Elf in North America. That's right. This actually is Pastor Randy, that's who right. is, how tall are you? I am six feet, nine inches tall. Six feet, this is, let's just enjoy this moment yeah. right here, right? Yeah. That's kind of, wow, woo, can I sit on your lap? Yeah. You know, kinda, um, Randy actually serves as our pastor of, of groups, and um, how many groups do we have? How many do you feel like we'll need? How can people get involved? Yeah, we have right now, Pastor Jim, we have 110 groups, about 1,100 people in groups, so imagine if we want 3,000 people in groups, we need about 300 life groups, and it's really easy. This will be the easiest chance for you to lead a life group. It's eight weeks long. We'll give you everything you need. It's basically plug and play. You don't have to have a Bible scholar. Even if you've never read the Bible before, you can still host one of these groups in your home. So yeah. I want to invite you to do that. Yeah. Even if you're on the fence about it, what we did is in your program today, could you pull this on out? There's a card that says Bible Book Club. If you currently lead a group and you haven't let us know that you're going to do it, just let us know this morning. But if you're thinking about leading a group, you're like, I might be able to do that yeah. just for eight weeks, host a conversation. Yeah, I, I could do that. Even if, even if they're unsure, should they fill this out yeah, today? Yeah, if you're unsure, fill it out. You can come out and see us in the lobby. I'll be the one in the elf costume if you can't spot me. All right? <laughs> Jose will be there too. He's short. He won't be wearing the costume. We'd love to talk to you. It's very simple. You can lead and host yeah. a group. So this isn't signing up to be a part of it. We'll do that in January, and then we're going to go through that as a church. But if you are interested, you're like, you know what, God? Would you accelerate my discipleship, my, my maturity. Leading a group is one of the best ways that right. you can do that That's at right. Liquid Church. So if you fill that out, you can drop that in the offering bucket when it comes around today. Um, by the way, <laughs> come on over here, Randy, because it was so odd. Uh, I just said, hey, Randy, can you come up here and talk? And he showed up in this costume. I can't even believe it. That's such an odd thing for you to do. No, no, no not, not at all. Not quite. Not um, quite. Any last words for our group leaders, people who are on the fence? Yeah, if you're on the fence. You know, our buddy the elf once said, don't be a cottonheaded ninny, ninny muggins, but lead a group. Okay? I got it out. All right. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Elf Randy. Thank you very much for that, Randy. He'll be in the, uh, the lobby and some of our, our group leaders. Um, but, guys, this is, this, is a, this is key. 
We want the best for your spiritual health. That's the whole point. Grow. Grow in a relationship, a depth. Not just wide as a church, but deep as depth as well. And what that means is you can't live, man doesn't live on a diet of fortune cookies alone, all right? Nothing is more important to your spiritual growth and health than feeding from God's word. And that's what we're going to do together in the new year. Um, and then I just want to real quickly, can I just time out too? Parents, can I just speak to you for just a second? Because as a parent, not a pastor, just like if you're a parent, if you're like me, my guess is at times you struggle with how to engage your kids biblically, okay? I got a, I got a you know, eight-year-old and a 10-year-old, and you know, at night, you know, I get in the covers, you know, hey, you know, let's read from the Bible. It's hard, you know, because they're like, no, I want to play Wii, you know, and, or we, we start reading those, like, that's me, you know, and I, like trying to stay awake and all that, um, and it's very hard. I, like, have this recurring nightmare that, you know, my kids, you know, they love Jesus. They go to Liquid Kids. They learn a tremendous amount. I'm, they've lodged an anchor trusting in Christ there, but my, my nightmare is, like, we're going to get to heaven, and it's going to be like, oh, you asked Jesus in your heart, you know, what's your favorite verse? Um, who lives in a pineapple under the sea, SpongeBob, you know, like they're not going to, they're going to know TV themes, they're going to know the Xbox theme, they're going to know all, you know, the Nickelodeon stuff, but they're not going to actually have the word of God anchored deep in their soul. And as a parent, we're like, how as a church can we help you win? How can we come alongside of you? Uh, in the New Testament, God um, actually gave parents this instruction. He said, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your heart, so first anchor it in your heart, but then impress them on your children. I want you to talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. In other words, have it on your mind all the time. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In other words, God was like, parents, I want you to be in constant communication with your kids about God's word. And, and, and most parents, you want that for your kids, don't you? I mean, we all want that you want the word to be impressed on their, their hearts, but it is harder than it sounds. We, when you sit at home, we don't sit at home very much nowadays, right? It's all like on the iPhones and, and everything. We're all out there. And it's a challenge at times, parents, to make the Bible relevant and a topic of conversation for the entire family. Here's the deal, parents. This is a truly unique opportunity that you have in the new year to plant God's word at the center of your family's life for 40 days. It does not matter what age your child is, whether they have special needs. We have a special format for them, okay? The kids' audio version includes one thing to listen to every day, and each episode is about 10 minutes long, okay? They can just listen to it, okay? Some of you adults are like, I'm going to do that one too. I don't care if you cheat, okay? I don't care, all right? We have made it super simple for parents and kids to experience the New Testament together. That is a huge win in my book, okay, as a parent. And we will do anything we can as a church to help you win at home as, as a parent. So we're in this together. And let me just encourage you to support this as a family. Uh, today in your program, we've included a copy of this year's Christmas offering. Uh, and as you can see, if you open that up, at the center of it is this Bible engagement campaign. It's the centerpiece of this year's Christmas offering. And this year, our offering is going to, it's a church-wide thing. It's going to go to pay for all the Bibles, the MP3s, the life group materials, everything. So let me first thank those of you who are giving above and beyond here at the end of the year. Just thank you for your generosity. Um, truly, we've, we've put together, I think, a pretty aggressive campaign here uh, for the new year. Um, from Bible engagement to, you, you, last week we talked about special needs to families who have children with disabilities. Incredible things happening there. Campus expansion. Then our hurricane relief actually will continue. Um, this Saturday we had people wrapping presents. That was for, you know, it's an Operation Christmas Angel, families who have you know, kids and their low income couldn't afford it. That work continues. And here's the deal. We're trusting God to provide $400,000 for these four special projects. 
But I just want to give you some encouraging news. As of last Sunday, we are officially halfway towards our goal. Can we hear it for God? That's amazing. Thank you. God is good. That's incredible. Thank you. For those of you who have already given your Christmas gift early, it helps us tremendously in our planning. I want to thank you for your faithfulness to God's word. If you haven't given yet, by the way, just, just to, in plan on supporting this, just want to encourage you to get your gift in by December 31st. Pastor Dave was like, you should mention that to people. 100% of gifts, tax deductible, but you have to get it in by December 31st for it to count in tax credit. He just wanted me to mention that, so you got that. Now, I'm excited when I look back on 2012, like the special things God's done in our church, the life change, the outreaches, everything. But I'm even more excited about what he's going to do in the new year. Amen? We want to be people who do the works and also people of the word. We want to see the works and the word to come together. And I want to ask God and commit this to him right now. So would you pray with me? God, we thank you that you haven't left us clueless about who you are or what your character is like, your love and your grace. You speak to us still from the cross, Jesus. We haven't just forgiven our sins, but you speak to us and you give us the words of life. And God, you are the bread of life. And we want to feed on you, Father. We want to become a church that is wide and deep, deep and wide, God. Would you enlarge our vision? I thank you for the generosity of your people. I pray for all the families, Lord. We want to see families change. We want to see groups change. We want to see our church change, God, because you've set it afire. You've rekindled a passion for your holy word. So I pray, Lord, would you this morning plant a seed in us, a hunger, an appetite to engage your word more fully in 2013. We ask that in the name and the power of Jesus Christ, all God's people said together, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.